0: It seems that no matter uh, what I do or what I say, I keep hearing and being faced with fear. We are a fearful people. Got the, just the other day, I got a, a phone call from someone who didn't identify themselves, but said, Pastor, could you pray for me? Because I'm just dealing with a lot of anxiety. Interestingly enough, the lectionary passage for today, Psalm 1, is a hymn that begins with a word that we often need to hear, blessed. Blessed, it's God's call for us not to be anxious, but to be instead full of faith, to trust him. And when we trust God, we are blessed. When I read the word blessed, I hear Jesus speaking, words from the Sermon on the Mount, those be attitudes the ones we're supposed to take on, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the pure in heart. And Psalm 1 like them tells us how to live as God's people, while reminding us that while it might make us different in the world, the result is we will also be blessed, because we are different than the world. Psalm 1 wasn't written, I don't think, to be the first psalm in the Hymn book of the Israelites. And I say hymn book because the Psalms are the hymn book of worship for the Israelite people. They are written to be used in the worship of God, written at times in the lives when some people were crying out to God because they needed his help and the Psalms gave voice to that crying out to God. We call them Psalms of Lament. Other Psalms express praise to God, and we call them psalms of praise. Either type of psalm, all the psalms are intended to reorient us, to call us to faith and faithfulness as God's people. So Psalm one begins and opens up this book of hymns by saying, blessed. Blessed are those who trust in God. It gives us two options, two choices, if you will, on how we can live our life. It's really simple, blessed or wicked. The choice to live in God's presence with God's blessing or to become so caught up in ourselves that we become like chaff if the wind drives away. Interestingly enough, the Psalm doesn't give us a third option. We're either with God or without God. And both choices have consequences. So let's unpack the choices so we can choose wisely this morning. The first alternative is that blessed man. The word in Hebrew is asher. The blessed man is blessed because he is delighting in the Lord. God has made him righteous and done something in his attitudes, his actions, the choices he makes. It's interesting that the Bible even tells us the man is blessed because he walks not in the counsel of the wicked, stands not in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of scoffers. And just think about that for a minute. Walks, stands, or sits, I think that's pretty inclusive of the actions you can have in life. You're either moving, standing still, or sitting down. Sitting down includes lying down, sleeping. It's where you lay your hat at night. So you're either completely with God or completely not with God. That's the choice. The psalmist highlights this using three verbs. The first one is to walk. The verb is halak. And it means how you behave, how you respond to life because what you hold important in your heart. The word for standing is the Hebrew word amod, which means to get settled or established in a place. And the verb sit is the Ashab, which means to become comfortable where you are, where you've been standing. Now it's your home. It's, uh, it's the place that you can just relax and be. All three of the verbs describe the behavior the direction and the place of a person. In this case, all are descriptive of a person following their own desires and their own way of doing things without consideration of what God says is right. All three verbs are tied to nouns who identify the type of person that's being talked about, wicked, sinner, scoffer, someone who is turned away from, who has not embraced God's grace and God's will, who is actually an ambassador, if you will, a teacher of, advocate for, a life contrary to God, to get the life God wants us to live. The verbs also describe the progression of how we end up planted with unbelievers. First we listen, then we hang out with and finally we settle down with and identify with a place we call home. Those who've been influential and we've listened to in our life. they become more than friends, they become our family. The blessed person does not live with wicked, sinning, scoffing people. They live with people who encourage, who walk with God, who seek righteousness, who seek to be good stewards of God's grace, who delight, who delight in the pleasure of knowing who God is. When someone lives their life in obedience to God's word, and they focus and meditate upon scripture, and let it impact the choices they make, they will not only be blessed, but the result will be that They should also prosper in life, like a tree planted by streams of living water that produces fruit. It's an important image for someone who lives in the desert. Being near a stream means the difference between life and death. But that stream in in God's economy isn't always a literal flowing stream. It's tying in no matter where you are to the grace and presence of God in your life. Embracing God's ideology, God's will, God's way. The second alternative is the wicked man who was ungodly, morally wrong, or actively a bad person. The word translated wicked in Psalm one is Rasha, and it's a general term for an unbeliever, but also someone who's not a member of the covenant community of faith, not living in obedience to God. So the person you're listening to, walking with, associating with, living with is someone who is espousing thoughts, religion, philosophy, morals, values, not, that are not part of the covenant community of faith although perhaps appearing to be a good person, they are capable of great evil because of their lack of regard for God's laws. Let me illustrate this with something I saw on TV the other day, I was channel surfing and came across an old TV show that I used to enjoy watching and so I watched it even though it was half over and I watched the end of it. It's called Cold Case. Now Cold Case highlights old crimes trying to solve, typically, Murders. In this instance, uh, they were trying to solve the murder of a young woman, a reporter uh, from the late 40s there in Philadelphia. And the story centered around a man, now an old man, who had come to Philadelphia who knew her and they discovered that this man Though he appeared to be a good man, his identity was a Jew who had had survived being in a concentration camp. The rub was he didn't have any concentration camp numbers to identify him, which was a little bit weird. And as they searched and discovered, the man was not a Jew at all. He was a Nazi who had been convicted of war crimes and who had snuck out of Germany at the close of the war, assuming the identity of this Jewish man who he had sat with day after day as he died, as he was torturing him and killing him. And as the police come to arrest him, he walks away from them saying, I have to live. His mantra, what was important to him, his identity of who he was, this good looking, successful man, was all about himself. I have to keep, I have to go on, I must live. And then he turned to the police officer and said, you know, if only she had loved me, it might have been different. He totally forgot that it's not if she had loved him, it's if he had loved her. Because if he had loved her, he would have told her the truth from the beginning. If he had loved her, he would not have hurt her, or killed her, or done her harm But he killed her to keep his secret because she was a reporter, and in her purse was the story of how he had stolen the man's identity. And some fifty years later, as they solved the case, the story is published in the press. His wicked morality said it was all right for him to kill her, because he had to live. To illustrate the wicked or unbelieving from the blessed person, the psalmist uses another image. The image of grain, chaff, dried husks surrounding the kernels, the kernels are the good stuff. The chaff, is, as it dries up, gets light and blows away. And the wicked are like the chaff, while the, while the good people who trust in God and live their life according to God's way have weight, they stay, they become blessings. In contrast, the person planted by streams of living water who produce fruit and have the promise of a prosperous future, the wicked man is like a person who is a, in a planter that never gets watered. They have no depth to them. I still remember when I was studying for my marriage and family therapy masters uh, at Fuller Seminary that I got in conjunction with my masters of marriage of theology so I could be ordained in the Presbyterian Church. As we were studying dealing with people who were difficult and trying to help them, an image was shared. The image of a puddle on a pavement. And some people just don't have emotional depth to them. They have the emotional depth of a puddle on a pavement. They're not able to go deep. They're not able to self-examine themselves. This man in cold case was one of those people. He, didn't have, he had the emotional depth of a puddle on a pavement. All he cared about was himself. I have to live, she doesn't. It's all about me, it's all about my needs. There's no sense of awareness of living in community with other people. So focused on themselves, there is no depth. They live out the song from 1977, made famous by the group Kansas. I close my eyes only for a moment. The moment's gone. All my dreams pass before my eyes. Dust in the wind. All they are is dust in the wind. Same old song. One drop of water. All we do is crumble into the ground. Dust in the wind. We, now don't hang on. Nothing lasts forever. Earth and sky. It slips in, away and all your money won't another minute by. We're just dust in the wind. All we are is dust. Everything is dust in the wind. That's the evil man. That's the mantra of the folks who live for themselves. It doesn't really matter because it's all just dust anyway so I can do what I want and I might as well get as much as I can right now. But God says blessed is the righteous man who listens to God's word, who associates with God's people, who makes his home as part of the community of God's faithful people. In verse five, the righteous are not so. The word righteous is the word sadic. It refers to a member of the covenant community who seeks to live the right way. God presents us with a choice. He's calling us to be his, to know him, Your choice, dust in the wind, or a life that is blessed and righteous, produces fruit and things that last. Yes, life is hard. And because of the things going on in our world, we become anxious. But folks, God promises to hold the righteous while the wicked perish. The psalm is a picture of life with God, a life that enjoys God's blessing, a life that's been redeemed by God and knows God's life giving grace through faith in Jesus, versus a person who turns their back on God and does what they want. And no matter what they do, it's going to amount to nothing. So, this morning, a simple question for you as we think about God's word to us today Where are you planted? not talking about the physical planting. Yes, I know you live in Yuma. I know you have a home. But in your spirit, in your being, in, in what determines who you are as a person, are you planted in God's word? Are you seeking a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ? Or are you just a puddle on a pavement, stuck in your own thoughts and desires? No roots, no discernment, no depth soon to become chaff and perish. If you are seeking to plant your heart in God's grace, then you need to drink daily from that living stream. There's a problem in the desert. It's called dehydration. We've all experienced it at some point. We don't drink enough water. So I'm going to challenge you this morning as you find yourself planted in God's grace, because I think that's the choice you wanna make, I wanna challenge you to do something, to read through the Psalms. People say, oh, I don't know where to start to read in the Bible. Well, here's a good place for you to start, read the Psalms. Interestingly enough, Billy Graham, for like 50 years, read five Psalms and one proverb each day. So every month, he would read through Psalms and Proverbs. In addition, he would read some other parts of the Bible, so he would read through the Bible constantly. Did you realize that if you read five psalms a day, you read through the psalms in a month? If you read one a day, it's going to take you five months. That's not long. And give you, if you just do one a day, you don't have to worry about, where was I? You just can concentrate on the message of that psalm that day and think about it. Meditate on it. Let it sink into your heart. Draw from it. Yes, if you're hurting, a way to cry out to God and lament. But all those psalms of lament end with an affirmation of faith. So it will teach you that, yes, it's okay to cry out to God and say, God, this is not fair. I don't know what I'm doing. Where are you? I need you. But it also ends with a call that says, but still, you're God. You're in control. I will praise you. I will be with your people in the sanctuary. Let the psalms speak for you and to you. Spend some time in God's word. And when you're done, don't stop. Do it again. As you do this, you will come to delight in the word of the Lord, and you will find that you are blessed. Let us pray. God, we pray for your people this day that you would help us to be blessed by you Give us the strength to turn to your word, to think about it, to meditate on it, to let it sink into our hearts and impact the choices we make. And then let us be good stewards of that grace in our relationships with others. For your glory and your praise, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.